Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You listen to The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6th and Sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here with you. Rob Britton here as well. Taking you up until 6 o'clock. Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by the former mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Sly James. He is on the committee to try to push a yes vote on April 2nd regarding the downtown stadium and also the renovation for Arrowhead. We'll be joined by him coming up in the 4 o'clock hour to get his thoughts on everything that is happening politically regarding the vote for the 3A cent sales tax. Again, my name is Carrington Harrison. Excited to be here with you as we get closer and closer to the weekend. Happy Leap Day for those of you that celebrate it. We got a lot to get into over the course of the next four hours, but before we do any of that, take it away, Rob. Pizza time on the drive. Carrington, dial me up right now. 913-586-7610. Call number six one's a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they have taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce with locally grown fresh ingredients, all made by KC guys who both know and love pizza. They also have a killer selection of craft and local beers or unique wine. So if you're in the mood for a whole pie or maybe just a few slices be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com that's pizza t-a-s-c-i-o.com i need you guys to do me a couple of favors number one i need you listening to the drive each day at two o'clock number two i need you to tell one friend i don't need you to tell two friends but if you want some of the best pizza in town and you also want to get ready for nfl free agency the best place to do that is right here on 610 sports radio and also the odyssey app friend of the show james palmer here is the latest on his reporting regarding the kansas city chiefs and their offseason you certainly know my now the chiefs have a couple of big decisions to be made they have already made one of them legerious need will be franchise tagged in fact he's already been franchise tagged by the kansas city chiefs but that still leaves the conversation regarding chris jones and what the plan is for their potential future hall of fame defensive lineman here's james palmer i had a conversation with brett beach yesterday where he told me he does think of it as somewhat of a positive the way they went through negotiations a year ago. Because I asked him, is that going to hinder these negotiations? They didn't work something out? Or is it helping you in a sense? Well, he said, well, we actually have some familiarity about the groundwork that we want to work from. And at the end of those negotiations, when it didn't really come to fruition, they kind of knew really specifically where they stood. And I think in Beach's mind, that helps him out a little bit. They wanted to make sure the key portions of these meetings with both of their reps, with the Jerry Steen and Chris Jones, happened over these two days. They should be finished up by today, and they'll continue to have those. But I found that to be an interesting spot, Mike, about how things didn't finish on the right end of things, but they do think that could have maybe helped this next time. Rob, as we begin today's show, I do think one part that is very encouraging in all of this back and forth, that there does appear to be an open dialogue. I don't know why on both sides, whether you're the Kansas City Chiefs and maybe you're frustrated about what happened last regular season when Chris Jones decided not to play, or if you're Chris Jones and maybe you're frustrated at the negotiation and that the two sides 
haven't been able to reach the long-term agreement that I do think both sides wants to reach. It is encouraging that the two sides continue to have dialogue. It doesn't appear like there is any bad blood. And I do believe that deep down, both sides want to get a deal done. Now, they might have a disagreement on what the number is to get the deal done, but I do believe that both sides are operating in good faith. I do believe that both sides are working together to try to reach an agreement. They do not have a lot of time left to reach an agreement. We are talking about less than two weeks between the start of NFL free agency. If you are going to get a deal done, you need to get one done probably here in the next 10 days or so before the start of the league year. We haven't talked a lot about really their offseason apart from the two individuals, Legereus Need and Chris Jones, because it feels like any decision that they need to make really hinges on those two and what they need to do. You need to determine what your long-term future is with your number one corner. You need to decide what your future is with your best defensive player in Chris Jones. And then every other move will then kind of spawn off of that. You'll know what you have available in free agency once we get there, once you make a decision on what you're going to do with Chris Jones. But I do think this team still has other moves to make. You still have other free agents. Drew Tranquil is a free agent. Willie Gay Jr. is a free agent. You still have other free agents, and you also need to make necessary improvements and additions to your team. One of those positions is wide receiver. Here's the latest from James Palmer. It's fascinating because I remember sitting at this combine last year and talking to Brett Beach going, Kadarius Tony is going to be our number one. We're very confident in that. He hasn't been used in the way we want to use him in the number past. That's what we're moving forward with. And you look at the struggles they had at the receiver position throughout the course of the season. Obviously, Rasheed Rice, the rookie, ends up getting much, much more uh, improved as the season goes on. But look for them to have a little bit different approach this offseason in terms of free agency, looking at wide receivers, my understanding, looking at them in the draft as well. They obviously have two big names in free agency coming up in Jarius Sneed and Chris Jones and you take care of but the receiver spot I will say will have a little bit different approach I do expect them to have a different approach in free agency when it comes to wide receiver Rob and that's where I want to start today's show I do think they're going to take a swing at wide receiver I don't think they're going to take a tremendous swing I don't think it's going to be a big swing at the position but I do think they're going to address it Now, I think maybe they're not going to completely overhaul the room to people's liking based on how frustrating it was at times over the course of the regular season. But now with no MVS, I do think the plan is going to be to go bring in at least one veteran wide receiver. I also could see them spending a significant draft pick to go address it as well. But you are talking about pick 32, where at least the guys in the draft that we are talking about, the true impact game-changing wide receivers, they're going to be off the board by then. I would be a little bit surprised if the Chiefs made a big trade up to address wide receiver. Another position, and we have not spoken a whole lot about it, and we'll see what their plan is over the course of the next couple of months, is they don't have a left tackle right now. Now, maybe that answer is going to be Wanye Morris. Maybe you spend a first-round pick on one. Maybe you spend a little bit of money in free agency and you try to address it that way. But I would say if you were talking about veteran players, they have a couple of holes that are currently on their roster. I would say that left tackle is a hole on their roster. I would say the wide receiver is also a hole on their roster. And I know that you disagree, but I would like to see this team be aggressive in the veteran running back market. Now, the price has to be right, and I don't think you're going to be in the Derrick Henry conversation, but a guy like Austin Eckler, who is 29 years old and coming off his worst season as a pro, you maybe can get him for a steal. You maybe can go get an Antonio Gibson. There are a couple of names at running back that I think do make sense for Kansas City. So So as we are starting this process of really evaluating their offseason, aside from their major decision of what they need to do with Snead and Jones, those are three positions that I'm looking at that I would like to see them address. They need to figure out a solution for left tackle. They need to figure out a veteran wide receiver move. And I also would like to see this team go get a very solid 1B. You've got the number one running back in Isaiah Pacheco, but he has had multiple shoulder injuries. He's missed some time with injuries. I would like for you to go get a solid 1B. I don't know if Jarek McKinnon's going to be back on this team next year. I'm also not sure about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think you can spend between two to $3 million possibly at the position, and you can upgrade over that 
number two running back role. Those are three positions I like to see them address in free agency. We actually aren't that different on positions. We're just different on how I think the Chiefs should approach those three positions. First, let's start with left tackle. I think the Chiefs have their left tackle on the roster. I think his name's Wanye Morris. And I think the Chiefs are, should this offseason sign another Donovan Smith type of insurance policy. Maybe it's Andrew Wiley. Maybe it's Donovan Smith. Maybe it's whoever. The idea going into camp is, Wanye, you started there last year. You appeared to be productive. You're our guy. But if you're not the guy, we have a solid NFL backup behind you because left tackle is a break the bank position. We've seen it with Trent Williams. We've seen it with other people across the league. Not that they're in the Chiefs' availability. I think that's going to be an insurance policy position. I feel the same way about running back. I think they're going to add a running back this offseason, but I think it's going to be a Jarek McKinnon type. Maybe not literally Jarek McKinnon, but Carrington. They added McKinnon the first time. We didn't hit the breaking news sounder. We didn't do anything other than just ho-hum, it's a mention. I think that's how it's going to be. It's going to come across the bottom line. Hey, the Chiefs have added Deontay Foreman or a player of that elk, and you're going to be like, oh, Cool. He played this at this place last year. He's that type of productive player moving on. I think they're going to be wildly aggressive at wide receiver. I think if Brett Veach is telling James Palmer and you and I both know James Palmer is in the know with the chiefs. He absolutely is good of anyone. If he's saying, Hey, we're taking a different approach. We're going to look for a veteran and go in the draft. That's code to me of what we did last year, which was nothing, by the way. We're going to sit on our hands and watch. What we did last year was not good enough. So a drastically different approach to doing nothing would be being very aggressive. Maybe that doesn't mean trading for Justin Jefferson, which I think is impossible. But I think they're going to be in the Mike Evans you know, sweepstakes. I think when free agency hits, you're going to see – one of those top receivers by name has visited or talked with the chiefs or the chiefs are in the mix. Similar to that one year where it was chiefs and Niners for Trent Williams down to the wire. I think that is how they're going to approach wide receiver this off season. Let's talk about wide receiver more coming up after the break. I think you and I disagree a little bit on how aggressive they're going to be at wide receiver. I would be surprised if they swam on the deep end on the market. I would say that a guy like Mike Evans, if Tampa Bay lets him leave. I think he's going to be on the high end of the market. I don't think they're maybe going to overcorrect in that vein, but I do think the last couple of years, there have been productive wide receivers in that $11 million range, kind of like with Juju Smith-Schuster Stein for Jacoby Myers. There were some wide receivers in that range that the Chiefs just kind of backed away and said, hey, we think we're good here. I do think it is obvious they are not good at wide receivers, so I do expect them to spend money but I also would be surprised if they went out and got Mike Evans, for example, and then they use their first round pick on a wide receiver. I think how they address wide receiver in free agency is going to give us a very clear picture on what the plan is going to be with their 32nd overall pick. If they even select at 32 coming up on the other side, let's continue to dive into this wide receiver market as we get closer to the start of the league year and free agency. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Keraton Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I want to get back to the wide receiver conversation that we were having. If you missed it, here is the latest regarding how the Chiefs will approach wide receiver from friend of the show, James Palmer of NFL Network. It's fascinating because I remember sitting at this combine last year and talking to Brett Beach going, Kadarius Tony is going to be our number one. We're very confident in that. He hasn't been used in the way we want to use him in the number past. That's what we're moving forward with. And you look at the struggles they had at the receiver position throughout the course of the season. Obviously, Rasheed Rice, the rookie, ends up getting much, much more uh, improved as the season goes on. But look for them to have a little bit different approach this offseason in terms of free agency, looking at wide receivers, my understanding, looking at them in the draft as well. They obviously have two big names in free agency coming up and Jerry Sneed and Chris Jones need to take care of. But the receiver spot, I will say, will have a little bit different approach. That was James Palmer of NFL Network. We'll get back to wide receiver here coming up in a little bit. A couple of texts that we have. CDOT, why are you not talking about linebacker? The Chiefs are potentially losing Willie Gay Jr. and Drew Tranquil possibly. Someone else says, how is no one talking about the gaping hole at linebacker? I think the biggest reason why people aren't talking about linebacker is the Chiefs aren't looking for a pass rushing linebacker. Like the kind of linebacker that they are looking for is maybe the easiest thing to find in free agency. I know everybody likes Drew Tranquil. He was available last year, and the Chiefs got him on a one-year, $3 million deal. Like, the kind of linebacker that they are looking for is not something that you need to break the bank for in free agency. If they were looking for a pass-rushing outside linebacker type, like a Von Miller type, the reason why the Bills spent so much money to go get Von Miller is he was still a pretty productive pass rusher for the Rams when he was a free agent, obviously a proven track record. They need a guy that goes to get a bunch of tackles. That's the kind of guy that they're looking for. Sideline to sideline, can you cover in space? Can you get after C-ball, tackle ball? That's the kind of linebacker that they're looking for. That linebacker just kind of comes cheap in free agency. So I am not that worried about it. Number one, I think Drew Tranquil is going to be back on the team next year because I don't think Drew Tranquil's skill set really translates to you making a lot of money in free agency. Willie Gay Jr. probably makes a lot of money. But again, like the kind of player that Willie Gay Jr. is, that's not the guy that gets $16 million a year in free agency. He gets a little bit more than what the Chiefs are willing to pay. But of all the positions that you think they need to sign a veteran to, it is the cheapest of all of them aside from running back to go find production at. You want to know why? Linebackers are the running back of the defense. I say it a lot on this show. They are dime a dozen. And second reason why we don't talk about it a lot. Brett Veach, second best position to acquire is linebacker. Like, he's elite at corner. He's elite at all D-back. Let's just say D-back as a group. That's where Brett Veach thrives. We, we've documented it very well. His second best position is probably linebacker. Drafted Willie Gay, drafted Nick Bolton, signed Drew Tranquil off the scrap heap, drafted Leo Chanel. Like, they have done a really good job at linebacker in Brett Veach's tenure. So, yes, there's a, there's a hole there, but... I'm not worried about it because Brett Veach has continued to make that position work while really investing no major assets into that position. So I, for one, am not worried about linebacker. So let's get back to wide receiver, and I'm taking a closer look at the spot track projected contracts for some of the top wide receivers. I would say that there's probably a handful of the high-level guys. Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Michael Pittman Jr. and T. Higgins. You probably put Hollywood Brown in that conversation as well. That's probably the top five. I think that one of these guys is going to get significantly less than what they are talking about. So they have the projected contracts. Mike Evans at four for ninety-four, uh, four for ninety-five. Hollywood Brown four for sixty. Calvin Ridley four for sixty-eight. T. Higgins four for seventy-four. Michael Pittman four for ninety. I don't think that you are seeing five wide receivers get that money and you are seeing five or six wide receivers go in the first round of the NFL draft. 
it was a little different a couple of years ago. A.J. Brown was a certified number one wide receiver. Devontae Adams, certified number one wide receiver. Same thing for Tyreek Hill. Three guys that got big-time money, and you saw a lot of wide receivers come into the draft. I don't think that's what Calvin Ridley is. I don't think that's what Michael Pittman is. You know how I feel about T. Higgins. T. Higgins isn't a one in the same way that those three guys were two off seasons ago when they were free agents. You know I love spot track. I think they've overvalued this market a little bit. I'd be surprised if Calvin Ridley, with his history, got $68 million this offseason. I don't know if Michael Pittman is a $90 million player, not when the alternative is you can dip into the NFL draft and possibly pick up a Keon Coleman. You can possibly pick up Mitchell, the kid out of Texas. I think that spot track is over. And these are just absolute best case scenarios for all of these wide receivers. Yeah. I love spot track. I love the guys at spot track. They do a fantastic job. This is not an indictment on them, but I, I don't believe those numbers. I mean, we talked about it. We had Bink in studio earlier this year. He, he said he was all in on Austin Eckler. I looked up spot tracks breakdown for Austin Eckler. They had him getting $5 million a year. Like what? I don't think Austin Eckler is getting $5 million a year somewhere. And if he is, it's a one year deal. So spot track is based on market evaluation. Now we all know how the market works. Wider receiver market might be depressed this year because of what you said. I've seen mock drafts that have six or seven wide receivers going in round one. If you got seven round one wideouts, the wide receiver market is going to be depressed. I think those are a nice barometer, may the top end of the market, but I don't think it's a legitimate, here's what the number is type of energy. It's interesting, though, you mentioned the top end guys. Do you not consider Darnell Mooney a top end guy? Because that's the name I would circle for the Chiefs. No, I would not consider then, Darnell Mooney to be a top end wide receiver. Then maybe, maybe, we're di- maybe I'm actually agreeing with you on big swing for ch- wide receiver for the Chiefs, because I think I'm going to sign Darnell Mooney and draft a guy with a day two pick. And if you don't see that as hey, big swing, then maybe we're on the same page. But Darnell Mooney is what? The fifth best wide receiver in free agency this year. He's under 30 years old. I think he's 26 years old. He has all the makings and markers of a Brett Veach guy. He also kind of me smells like he might be Christian Kirk, where you're like, he got that number. So I I guess I was curious on what you view as Darnell Mooney, because that's the name I have circled in my head for the Chiefs. Yeah, I just wouldn't consider a guy who has had less than 500 yards receiving in the last two seasons and has three touchdowns in the last two years. I just wouldn't consider that being a big swing. I would not be against it if you went out and got Darnell Mooney, but Darnell Mooney is a guy that I'm paying maybe five to seven million dollars. Like he's not a guy. Like I, I kind of think that they're going to be in the. This is the year to me. You take the DJ Chark role. This is the year to me that you take the one year role. Exactly, almost what you did with Juju Smith Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster had a lot of promise coming out of Pittsburgh. You signed him to a one-year deal. You you rehabilitated his image. You cleaned him up nice, and then you let him go back out there, and he got a lot of money in free agency. I could see them doing something very similar this year, that they're not going to be in the Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins. They're not going to be in that. They're going to be more in the chart. Maybe they're in the Odell Beckham kind of market on a one-year deal where you're not asking Odell to come in here and do a whole lot. You get him to a one-year, let's say it's a base salary of $8 million. He can earn up to $14 million in incentives. Those are maybe the kind of moves that I think they're going to be in. But at least for me, Darnell Mooney would not be a big swing. Darnell Mooney is a number three receiver in the National Football League. So... Let me ask you this, because we heard James Palmer's report that Chiefs are going to take a different approach to widers through this year. Isn't what you're describing the same approach they've had the last two off seasons? How is that different? Now, maybe Brett Veach is just leaking it out there, but at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words. And he's going to do exactly what you say. Sign a DJ Chark type, which is going to be cheap, and you know I love DJ Chark, you so do. sign me up. I would buy a jersey on that one-year $7 million deal, you know, maybe a draft pick, and that's how they rehab wide receiver. Hasn't that been their plan the last two off seasons? Doesn't that not fit at all with what Brett Veach is telling James Palmer? Because if they're going to be different this off season, a DJ Chark type is the same. That's no different than their last plan. I would disagree based on last season. I don't think they brought in a proven NFL wide receiver. Like they did not have a proven guy. That's not what Sky Moore was heading into the season. That's not what Kadarius Tony was heading into the season. I would argue that's not what Richie James was last season. I don't think that they had a really proven guy. To me, like if you're asking me right now, who's the guy that you would like for them to get? I think Calvin Ridley makes a lot of sense. 
I don't think Calvin Ridley is getting $68 million in free agency. Would you be really interested in Calvin Ridley on a two-year $28 million deal? And let's say 19 of it is guaranteed. I'd be interested in Calvin Ridley at that price. I think he has the speed that can help you down the field. I think he is a better version of MVS. For what the kind of role that they needed MVS to be, that's what I think Calvin Ridley could be. I would consider that taking a pretty decent swing. A guy that had 1,000 yards receiving last year, a guy that had eight touchdowns, a guy that was a number one last season in the NFL, and when he's been healthy, has proven that he is a legitimate big-time wide receiver. That's the guy that I want. If you got my wish list of realistic options, I think Calvin Ridley makes a lot of sense in Kansas City. I like Calvin Ridley, but I'm double checking this because I want to be sure because Calvin Ridley is not the age of guys that Brett Veach historically has targeted. He's a little older. He's people don't think he's older because he took some years off for fan duel. He's 29. He's 29. 29. When was the last time we saw in free agency, a 29, 30 year old break the bank from the chiefs of Brett Veach. Like we can go through the big money signings. Now I'm not saying you're suggesting big money for Calvin Ridley, but let's go through the moves. Carrington. They signed Hitchens, who stunk, but he was 26. They signed Watkins, who never lived up to the contract, but he was in his mid-20s. They continue to sign guys like that. Tyron Matthew was in his mid-20s. Frank Clark, when they traded for him, mid-20s. Like, there is an age demographic that historically Brett Veach has circled. Remember last year, me and you were on the same page. We were at the same smart tech, and we said... Don't sign DeAndre Hopkins, and one of the reasons why is his age. And historically, Brett Veach doesn't sign guys of that age. Calvin really might not have the regular wear and tear on the tires of a 29-year-old because he sat out and watched the season, but he is, in fact, the age demographic of a group that Brett Veach has ignored historically in free agency. You're right, but I would say this year, unless you're, I mean, unless we think that the Chiefs are going to be in the $16 million or more range, then those are the wide receivers that are available. Now, if they went out and got Hollywood Brown, who I know it feels like he's kind of been talked about. Hollywood Brown is 26 years old. I also think that Hollywood maybe gets a little bit more money and is richer than the blood than the Chiefs want to have at wide receiver. It's an interesting conversation because I would say that this wide receiver class, maybe more so than last year's wide receiver class, there is that high-end option. If you want the $20 million wide receiver that's proven that's right there in that age range of you're talking about, then that guy is available. Now, we'll see if Michael Pittman gets hit with the franchise tag, and maybe we're not having this conversation. Michael Pittman is the player that you were talking about. Now, T. Higgins is off the board. If you want to spend a little money in free agency, I don't think that Mike Evans is coming cheap. Now, he's in that range, but... Mike Evans is not Calvin Ridley in this conversation. Mike Evans is $30 million, but you're also probably signing Mike Evans to a two, three-year contract. I just don't know this year. There probably isn't that perfect 26 or 27-year-old wide receiver that is coming in as legitimate number one star, break-the-bank kind of receiver. Those guys, for the most part, their teams keep them. You know what I mean? Like, Or you can trade for that player or it's going to cost you a lot. The same way that it cost the Philadelphia Eagles a lot when they made the trade for A.J. Brown. Or it cost the Miami Dolphins a lot when they traded for Tyreek Hill. Is Kansas City as an organization in the same offseason that they're talking about giving one of the highest paid defensive contracts in the National Football League? Are they going to be in the market we think to now spend top 10 wide receiver money? I think they are going to spend top 10 wide receiver money somewhere. I, we're just going to disagree all offseason. I mean, all offseason, I mean, what, three weeks from now when it starts? But I think the Chiefs are going to treat wide receiver the way they treat offensive line after that Bucks Super Bowl. They are going to make multiple attempts via the draft and free agency, maybe a trade to totally rehab and redo the position. I think Brett Veach, when he tells James Palmer we're going to do it different, isn't just saying we didn't sign a veteran. We took a chance on, you know, unproven guys. We're going to get a DJ Chark type. What I think he's saying is I'm going to attack the position the way I have attacked positions in the past. Remember, he rebuilt the defense after the Bob Sutton fiasco. He rebuilt the offensive line after the fiasco against the Bucks, He has done a good job in his life. He then rebuilt the defense again, by the way. He has done a good job in his general managership of picking out a problem and rebuilding it immediately. I think that right now is wide receiver, and they are going to be in the big spender category. Maybe Darnell Mooney is 
not the name, but I think a Hollywood Brown where they, you go with the contract, that looks a little rich for someone's blood, is what they end up doing. Because I think Brett Veach and the power brokers at Arrowhead realize the best way to keep Travis Kelsey young and keep Patrick Mahomes going is not with insurance salesmen at wide receiver. It's with legitimate NFL players. Coming up on the other side, we'll transition talking about McCall Hardman and not really on the field. He is being levied with some very serious NFL player accusations. We'll talk about it. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The drive with Carrington Harrison brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Kansas City, it's George Carlotis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Welcome back into The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Carrington Harrison. Very happy to be here with you. Be sure to download the podcast. Get that on 610sports.com or wherever you get your podcast from. So you guys may have heard the audio by now. McCole Hardman sat down with the Pivot podcast, and he was asked what went wrong with the Jets. He also was asked about his time with the Jets, and he said this, got him in a little bit of hot water. Tell you right, I'm, I was so checked out. Like, <laughs> it's over. I already talked to Veach and Pat. Like, hey, bro, come get me, bro. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, what are we talking about? Like, man, come get me. Bro, like. So he said that. He also said this on what went wrong in his time with the Jets. Everybody do what they want to do. Defense have a more of a stabilized standard with that, with the coaching staff on that side. So you could tell the defense got a standard, but the offense is just like, all right, we'll just figure it out. It's Aaron show. Let Aaron do what Aaron do, you know what I mean? But then when Aaron go down, it's like, we don't know what to do. But this is that same coach that just was out of a job the previous year and then average get a new job. I know for a fact I'm better than him for sure. Like, I ain't trying to, you know, I know I'm better than him, better than him too. Garrett Wilson, the only person y'all should just be like, hey. So I have no problem with y'all putting it around Garrett Wilson for sure. I don't, I don't care. Like, that's fine. But when you come to certain other things, it's like, come on, like, I don't understand why I'm not in a rotation with that. And y'all never gave me a reason as to why either. This is my thing was, y'all can't tell me about winning. I've been to four Super right. Bowls in five years. You know what I'm saying? Now, you feel me? But beforehand, I told, I've been to four AFC championships. I've been to three Super Bowls. I've won two of them. Like, I know what winning looks like. Right. I know what winning is. So y'all keep telling me certain things. It's like, I'm not going for that. Like, because y'all not doing it right. Like, we got hammers on the ground. We don't got no discipline. People feel like it's too many individual egos in this locker room or whatever. And I'm telling them, I'm like, that's not going to get y'all to win. I would highly encourage you to sit down and listen to what McCall Hardman had to say on The Pivot. I thought it was a very, very good conversation, wide-ranging conversation that he had with the guys on The Pivot, one of the better athlete podcasts that are out there. So the quotes that have been making the round are obviously what he had to say about the Jets, and it felt like those comments were directed towards Aaron Rodgers and also about Hey, I told Pat, I was telling Veach, come get me. That's tampering. Now, he is also being thrown out there with some very serious, I would say, NFL player accusations. And there's some things that you can do as an NFL player, and there's some things you can't do. And at least what some of the players on the Jets feel about McCole Hardman, it's a no-no. 
Well, things are certainly getting interesting between the Jets and their former receiver, McCole Hardman, Super Bowl hero, McCole Hardman for the Kansas City Chiefs. We already know about that podcast appearance that he gave where he trashed the Jets' usage of him, said that he was openly campaigning to Chiefs general manager Brett Veach and quarterback Patrick Mahomes to come and get him. Well, it's a little bit more than that. As Sauce Gardner and Kenny Yaboa alluded to on Wednesday, uh, there is validated belief within the Jets organization. I am told that Hardman, frustrated with how little the Jets were using him, was leaking game plans to the opposition specifically before the game against the Philadelphia Eagles and before the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, are the Jets going to pursue actions on this, reach out to the league, see if they can discipline this? Well, we will see. But the one thing that they are going to do, as Joe Douglas said on Wednesday, is they are going to look into filing tampering charges because if Hardman did in fact reach out to the Chiefs and ask Veach and ask Mahomes to come get him, that is tampering and there can be discipline from the league in terms of draft compensation given to the Jets. Now, with the game plan league, might be a little bit harder for the Jets to specifically prove that, but they might look into it because obviously that is not a very good situation. McColl, why did you do this? McColl, you're looking for a job. You're looking for a job. You were a free agent last offseason. You went to the Jets. It did not go very well with the Jets. And I do think it is a fair question to ask of McCall Hardman if you are another team. Now, obviously, Kansas City knows McCall Hardman very, very well. But there are 31 other teams. And maybe the Chiefs want to go in a different direction at the position. I mean, it's certainly possible that they'll want to go in a different direction. Now, I don't have any problems if McCall Hardman comes back. Now, I think we can identify that it will probably be, I wouldn't even call it a prove-it deal at this point. I think we're kind of past that point with McCole Hartman, at least from a financial standpoint. It's, hey, do you want to continue to play for the Kansas City Chiefs? You like it here. We like you being here. This is how much we're willing to pay you. Probably somewhere between $1 and $2 million, which is certainly good living. But let's say that the Chiefs decide, We don't want to do that. We want to go in a different direction. And what you can do, we already have a player on a rookie contract in Sky Moore, and he's going to now be entering his third year. We're going to make necessary improvements that the weight of some of these offensive things on Sky Moore, we're going to lessen them, and he's going to have kind of your role for next season. What does this mean for you, McColl, now going out there in free agents that now you got to address this? Hey, if something doesn't go right in Carolina or something doesn't go wrong with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are you someone that we need to worry about? It doesn't matter if this is true or not. It matters if people inside the NFL believe this or not. And the fact that Jets teammates believe that someone on their team was leaking information about what they do because they were disgruntled about their playing time, their situation, their whatever is one of the, it is one of the worst accusations as a player that you can have. It is a direct violation of everything that they believe inside that locker room and what stays here stays here. This is bad for McCall Harvin. This is real bad. It is going to be very difficult to prove that he leaked game plans because I don't know how you prove he leaked game plans, but multiple Jets players, at least on social media, not always the best platform for this, are saying that he did. If that's true, he's done in the league. Like, done, done. We're not talking about the Kansas City taking and giving him a prove-it deal. We're not talking about second chances. You, If he is known to be leaking game plans, his NFL career is over. Now, Like I said, it's very difficult to prove, and I don't know the Jets can prove it. As far as the tampering thing, he kind of said it out loud. It's not that hard to prove anymore if you're going on podcasts and saying, hey, it kind of sort of happened. Like, McCole Hardman quickly could turn from hero to goat in Kansas City if he cost them a premium pick in the draft because he started talking big and spicy on a podcast. Yeah, I don't think that this is anywhere close to maybe that part of it. Um... I mean, I, I also, in order to prove the tampering, you have to also prove that Brett Veach was communicating with McCole Hartman. Like, you, the player, can call Brett Veach, and that's not tampering on the Chiefs' part. Brett Veach has to engage the conversation. But again, I do think maybe the debate here from the McCole Hartman perspective is very simple. 
The Chiefs have the ideal best setup and know you better than anybody. Now it is telling that the Chiefs didn't really want him back in free agency the last time. What if they don't want you now? You got to make yourself marketable to the other 31 teams in the league. I guess 30 now because the Jets certainly don't want to repeat of that. That if you're the New England Patriots, do you need to be worried about McCall Hardman in your locker room if he's unhappy about something? Because at least the the Jet side of the story is you got beat out for a job. You were mad you got beat out for a job. And in order for you to retaliate against this, you were spreading information with your guys around the league. The Eagles, because the Eagles have a lot of Georgia Bulldogs players on their team. And obviously you understand why when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then on a podcast, you go on there and you say, while you were under contract with us, you're hitting up the key members of their team telling you to come trade for me. It ain't looking good for my guy. It doesn't look like McCole Harmon will be playing for an NFL team next year. Like maybe he comes, the league investigates this. They prove no tampering and they prove that he didn't leak game plans. But I don't think in March we're going to hit the breaking news sound of the McCole Harmon got a contract. It took him a long time to get a contract last off season. I don't know that teams are going to race out to sign him this off season. So on the text line asks, it's a big deal for the chiefs. If the tampering is correct. Yes. The game plan thing isn't a problem for the chiefs. I don't, I, I, I guess maybe I, I don't think it's a big thing. Like whenever I mean, they was, got in trouble for the Jeremy the Mac- Macklin thing, what was the they lost a, I, I think they lost a fifth round pick for it. I thought it was a third. Let me check this. Double check me on that. Cause I, I thought the penalty was, I always remember people being felt like the penalty didn't fit the, the, the punishment didn't fit the crime type of energy. I, I thought it was a premium pick. They lost for uh, Jeremy Macklin. They lost two picks. I'm trying to figure out what those two picks were with a very quick. You're right. They lost a third round pick. So here I found there you it. Go. the chiefs for the tampering incident with Jeremy Macklin. They lost a third round pick in 2016 and a sixth round pick in 2017 for the tampering with Jeremy Macklin, which I mean, the tampering with Jeremy Macklin seems like a very weird gray area. You knew that Jeremy Macklin was going to be a free agent. He started communicating with the Chiefs before the actual window was open. That's why they started this new this new legal tampering period that you can talk to teams even though free agency hasn't started. Like That's one of the reasons why they kind of changed it. That seems like a little bit different where... The Chiefs, I don't know necessarily if they were wrong. They did violate the rules, but it seems like they talked to Jeremy Macklin probably a day or two earlier than you're supposed to. If you talk to him a day or two early and you get popped with a third and a sixth, what do you think the penalty would be if they can prove you talked to him while under contract with another team midseason? I think the tampering thing is a much bigger deal for the Chiefs. The leaking of game plans is a big deal for McColl's career. That could be the end of it for him, but... If Macklin in a gray zone, as you called it, catches a third and a sixth, under contract texting a player from their team probably isn't going to levy a lesser penalty if they can prove it happened. And this part right here, I guess I would need an NFL player to maybe explain this better to me because someone on the text line says, Anthony Sherman already said there's no advantage to having a game plan leaked. Then the NFL is incredibly secretive for no reason then. Like, we all know how secret and closed to the vest that NFL teams are about information. If you're telling me that the other team has no advantage based on you leaking your game plan, you guys got to tell me why NFL teams treat information like it's nuclear secrets. You got to tell me why NFL teams, I mean, in, in interviews, they can't answer direct questions. Oh, well, I don't know what... If you're telling me there's no advantage to the team you are about to play having more information about you, you got to explain to me why NFL teams treat information the way that they do. Why not just tell us then? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter positively or negative. Just do whatever then. Answer the question. Tell us the game plan. I mean, they treat these things like they got nuclear codes. Like if this information gets out, it will, it will damage the whole cycle. I'm not buying it. It has no impact on the game. Stop it. Come on now. Isn't this the whole crux of what Spygate was? Basically. The, the Patriots knew the opponent like, game plan. And they started yeah, winning. Like videotape. I mean, it's not the exact same, but if McCole Hardman called the Eagles, he called Nicobe Dean, just picking another Georgia Bulldog, and said, yo, we love to run tunnel screens. I think that's probably an advantage for the Eagles that they now know something they didn't know before. Or, hey, Zach's got a hurt arm and can't throw deep. Heads up. Like, those sort of things do to me mean that it's super important, but I'm also going on the fact that 
every Monday and Friday from the Chiefs, Andy Reid says, yeah, well, uh, we'll give you more information on that, as if it's like some sort of secret code. Uh, let me play really quickly what Joe Douglas had to say. He's the GM for the New York Jets. You know he manned. I'll just say, look, McColl, um, we're excited to sign McColl. He's excited to obviously join our team um, in a situation that really Xavier Gibson really came on for us this year, and um, he did an outstanding job for us. So um, ultimately he made a decision to, to move on from McColl. Um, but, uh, you know, um, our process of adding McColl, he, he was excited to be here, and um, it just – it just didn't work out, and a lot of a lot of that has to do with Xavier. Uh, look, those are—I'll just say those are comments that definitely resonated with us. That was the general manager of the New York Jets. It will be something to track here over the course of the next couple of days or so. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get back to the Kansas City Chiefs. I told you guys that yesterday Rob had to fulfill his side of an agreement. So every year I get Rob a Christmas gift. And this year I got him a Christmas gift. He was like, well, what do you want? I said, all I want is you and your fiance, you guys have to come to one high school basketball game. I'll let you pick where it is, but you have to come to one high school basketball game. Now, let me tell you, future Mrs. Brenton was not super thrilled to be there. I mean, she wasn't down on being there, but she wasn't fully engaged with being there, which feels like a break of the contract. But you know what? I'm a nice guy. I'm sure when she was at the Mariah Carey concert singing All I Want for Christmas is You, she was doing that with her whole heart. I didn't get her whole heart yesterday during that game. Kids are over there chanting. I wanted a little bit more enthusiasm than I got. I wasn't getting it. She had a book. She was reading books. How are you How are you reading books at the game? You're not a – No. You were supposed to watch the game, be an active participant. That's what you were doing during We Belong Together. But you know what? I'm going to let that slide because Rob paid his debt yesterday. Me and Rob are now even. Thank you, Rob. We're even. Next year, I'm making it two high school games because Caroline owes me for yesterday's game. She was physically there. No, she was physically she, there. You said, for Christmas, I want you and Caroline to come to a high school game. No, she game. came. No, she, she was there. I'll up. give her that. She, she was, was physically the, there. Physically was at the game. She even took the Polaroid you took at the end of the game, and she kept it. So she has that memory to cherish forever. <laughs> I will say this. I enjoyed the high school game well more than I thought I would. It was a good basketball game. We picked the best one to go to because apparently every game last night stunk we except did. the one we went to. So you know what? I walked away. Hey, that was pretty fun. And there are you walked back thinking you would go again. To I would another go one. again. I know. hundred percent. I know. I'm with you. I also walked away thinking to myself, man, high school coaches love to overcoach. Those are my two big takeaways from last night's game. So the game that we went to, we went to blue Valley West versus blue Valley. And you know, Rob went to a blue Valley school, which, which of the schools do you hate the most? Like I know you went to Northwest. Does Northwest have more of a rival than the other ones? I mean, it seems like you would just hate all the other Blue Valley schools equally, but I don't know. I didn't go to a Blue Valley school. Is there a Blue Valley school that you hate more than the other ones? Based on proximity, when I was in school, it was North. We hated North more than the rest of Blue Valley schools. There was extra animosity because that's where the, like, the high school lines touched. So you would know kids at North. Okay. So you hate Blue Valley North. Okay. All right. I did not know this. I'm now learning a little bit more about the Blue Valley school district and how this works. So we went to the game yesterday at Blue Valley West. Their point guard was Matt Nagy's son. Tate Nagy was the kid. And yo, let me tell you, little Tate could hoop a little bit. I was impressed with Tate Nagy. I mean, it makes sense. His dad played in the NFL. His dad was very athletic. He's very athletic. I came away thinking, you know what, man? Little Tate Nagy, you can hoop. I came away very impressed. He was the best player on the court yesterday. Absolutely. We, we were sitting there watching. Now, we were quietly like, wow, he can hoop because we were in the Blue Valley family section. That's, yeah, you sat us over there. Yeah, we, I didn't know we'd end up over there. We sat there. But game on the line. He just pulled up and said, nah, I'm not losing today. Ice water. He showed, you know what? He's the quarterback. He's the point guard. He showed why he's the leader of Blue Valley West. Yeah, man. I mean, he's a quarterback on the football team. He's a point guard on the basketball team. His dad's the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I mean, what a life. What a life for the young one.
Do you think in October he was thinking to myself, man, my dad's the offensive coordinator. What a life. Or do you think he was thinking, I'm so tired of kids at school telling me my dad's a bad offensive coordinator. Do you think that ever went through his mind? I don't know. I don't, I don't do you know. you think that happens? Like, <laughs> yes, I think because that. Because the text you, line. You were in high school. You don't think that <laughs> happens? I went in high school with the offensive coordinator's kid. I have no idea how I'm it just works. Saying, you know how high school kids operate. You don't think that came up ever? It's <laughs> not once. Patrick Mahomes came to one of his games this year. What a life. Salute to him. Blue Valley uh, West. They play uh, Mill Valley coming up. I don't know nothing about Mill Valley, but I'm I'm cheering for Blue Valley West because we saw him play and we saw him win. I like Mill Valley. You know what they did? They went out and whooped up on Blue Valley North. Makes me happy. It's like when you beat Missouri in something, that team becomes my team. It's the same concept. Why did you have to? What was the reason for that? Was there a reason why I had Missouri to make it, had to catch? They, you and I are bonding an, right now. We are on the analogy. same page. I'll do a different analogy. It's like how Chiefs fans bond with Chargers fans over Bronco hate. Is that better? I feel like that was a little bit of shade because you tried to mention the Chargers, so you was kind of trying to (laughs) egg me on a little bit there when there was no reason to do that. Me and you bonded yesterday. Caroline, she got great Pinterest time in. I mean, we had a a great evening after the show, and I feel like you 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 was throwing a little shade there, and there was no reason to be throwing shade. Can I say this real quick before we go to break? I had no idea high school games had jumbotrons and light shows and big time pregame announcements. Now that was just not the way it was in high school. When I was there, I've tried to tell you for a year. Hey, if you go to a high school game, you will probably like it. It's actually kind of fun. Nah, I don't want to go. That's why. See, look at this. I've given you now a new hobby. Do you want to go to another one? We go to another one before the season's over. It's height. It's playoff basketball. Now in high school, who do you want to go see next? Oak park, Lee summit West. I'm pretty sure Northwest did some whooping on someone last night. We can go see them. Yeah, we can, you tell me when you want to go. I'm very, very happy that we could go. Uh, coming up on the other side, let's talk more about free agency. And these are the top two teams that I've seen thrown around in a potential trade for luxurious need. That's coming up. Keep it right here. So drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 